Hello, I am Kayla. And I'm Audrey. We are reading Lord of the Rings chapter by chapter. This is my first time in Audrey's infinitieth time reading this series. And I have no idea what's going on, allegedly. I, I mean, I do. I have some idea of what's going on right now. I tried to figure out how many read-throughs I've done of this series um, again recently, and I oh couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. It's at least a dozen, so. <laughs> um, that's, that's a healthy amount. So this episode, Kayla, we're talking about Chapter 2, The Shadow of the Past. When we last uh, visited our characters, Bilbo had just left the Shire, and so had Gandalf leaving Frodo perplexed. And that's where this chapter picks up. Yep. And I took many, 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 many notes. A lot of my notes just say foreshadowing, which means that I'm not going to talk about them because I don't want to spoil stuff with, like, for you. And uh, I'm sure I'll bring them all up later. <laughs> I told you about my stepdad was was watching Return of the King when I came over the other night. I know. I? Did it ruin it and for I you? Was, I was pissed. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, I knew all of the characters in the scene, and I had a vague idea of what was happening, but I did not inquire further. So that will still be a surprise for me, at least. So you're safe. It's fine. I'm gearing up yes. for... So at the time we're recording this, it's the week leading up to my birthday, and so I'm gearing up for oh, my birthday, which is going to be low-key this year. Um I mean, it's low-key every year. I pre- I keep it pretty chill, but this year we're marathoning the extended editions, and I'm doing all the Hobbit meals and stuff throughout the day, so I'm going to do that yes. this weekend. It's going to be really exciting and cozy, I hope. Yes. So um, when we get to the movie section, I will be coming to Missouri to watch them up there. That would be the you. ideal, right? Is that we're in the same room, yes. and we're watching them together, and then we can just record yes. afterwards, right? I've I've done the fiasco of trying to watch something via virtual channels. It's so with hard. Friends, it is a pain in the butt. Okay, so we are in chapter two, the shadow of the past. Yes. The very first note I have is so Bilbo disappeared at the end of the last chapter, and Frodo lives his life very similar to how Bilbo lived. He keeps throwing the birthday parties and such. Yes, so Tolkien starts off this chapter by establishing that Bilbo becomes a legend in the Shire known as the Mad Baggins, uh, who who vanishes in a bang and a flash and reappears with bags of treasure. Um, And (laughs) I love that. This is something that Tolkien does kind of throughout the series, and and you see it again in chapter three where he'll go down this like rabbit hole of telling you what a specific character thought and whether or not that was true or they ever found out more and or like what people used to say about this character in the future. And then he comes snaps back to the present. I have to say I enjoy some of the little rabbit hole things. I don't think I enjoyed them very much as a seventh grader reading The Hobbit, but this has been a different experience. I think it's a hallmark of um, like British writing in particular. It's it's a very like British humorist thing. So if you've read like Douglas Adams or Terry Pratchett, nope. they tend to do that kind of also thing no. too. Uh, Neil Gaiman to a lesser degree does it. Um, I'm not, I, I'm, I was about to say that I'm not a huge fan of a lot of British literature. And then I realized that I just listed off a bunch of authors. <laughs> so maybe I'm a bigger fan of Britlet than I thought. <laughs> You can. Uh, but yes, you're right. So um, Frodo carries on in the tradition that Bilbo's established and throws Bilbo's birthday party, even though he's not there, because he doesn't believe that Bilbo's dead. 
Um, they bring up Wonderful. his. They bring up his friends. We learn the names of some of his friends. Um, oh, my next note is we meet Mary and Pippin. Yes, we do. They are, if you have any vague, vague sense of this series, which Kayla has just a very vague sense of this series, uh, they're the yeah. first others that we've met other than one mention of Sam in conjunction with his father. Um, so, yes. let's see. Um, they talk about Frodo being um, remarkably young looking as he ages. This is... This is um, one of the weird parts of the book for me they talk about um it's hard to know how old hobbits live to be necessarily like on a on a regular age but essentially uh he turns 50 and it's a number that's significant for hobbits um i feel like it's like hitting 30 for it definitely seems that way right like they talk about he looks like he's barely out of his tweens and i'm like do they mean like 20s or do they mean teens like the way that we mean it like you know they mean the in-betweens if i remember what i read correctly as in they're not quite adults yet exactly so it seems like a, a the adolescent hobbit which makes we're it going with scientific terms right which definitely makes it seem like maybe your 30s 40s 50s is when you're considered an adult as a hobbit yeah so i have um Okay, like Bilbo, Frodo is also an odd bird by Hobbit standards. Yes, they introduce <laughs> one of my favorite phrases. I wrote down a lot of things that are just like turns of phrase about uh, the species here and things that Tolkien's yes. trying to establish as like, as people say, kind of like an adage or so they reference yeah. Hobbit sense a few times, essentially saying that Hobbits are no nonsense, like traditional homebodies kind of thing. And Frodo is yeah. eschewing that. And then I also wrote down from the birthday party that uh, it snowed food and rained drink, as hobbits say. I love that phrase. Um, I'm going to put that on my next wedding invitation design. I love it. Section. I just think it's so fun. And it's just it just really bespeaks the tone of their events. I have a feeling I know where you have a foreshadowing note coming up because um, right now I have he begins to want an adventure of his own. I'm referring to Frodo here. And then my next note says, time jump. Weird shit is going down outside of the Shire. The elves are coming through in droves when they used to barely come through at all. There's rumors of, quote, the enemy and, quote, the land of Mordor. And considering the name of our podcast is Mordor She Wrote. And I know that Mordor is a bad thing. Yeah, I'm guessing that is foreshadowing. I just have name dropped Mordor and it's underlined like four times. So yeah, uh, so yeah. Oh, and then I got really excited when I saw Mirkwood because I remember that being the creepy ass forest from The Hobbit. That's correct. Uh, so in Mirkwood or in The Hobbit, Mirkwood is the forest that um, Bilbo is lost in encounters some spiders there the rest of uh, oh yeah the spiders yeah the That's rest right. of bilbo's uh party the dwarves are all kind of lost there and end up in the elven king thranduil's uh hold and they get the guards really drunk and then sneak out in wine barrels via the river so yes, that's Mirkwood. yes 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 um, yes that part of the book yes yes um so I'm, I'm gonna he's referring yeah. to the sentence here where it says it seemed the evil power in Mirkwood had been driven out by the White Council only to reappear in greater strength in the old strongholds of Mordor. That is referring specifically to the evil power that was in Mirkwood um, 
if you go by yes. Peter Jackson's Hobbit trilogy movie timeline um, during The Hobbit, depends how you read it, might be before The Hobbit, but Bilbo's time. Yes. Gotcha. So I'm just going to guess in this section, you had a lot of foreshadowing written down because I encountered lots of words that I know I know, but I don't know what they are yet. Um, I actually didn't, I actually didn't write foreshadowing in this section. I just wrote their Tolkien goes talking about the outside world. Okay. So I have, okay, white council wizards, question mark. That and then I have dark tower, something bad, orcs and trolls also bad. Yeah, I mean, you seem like you're 100% spot on with those predictions, so uh, yes. we'll have to find out. Isn't the second movie The Dark Tower? It's no, called, that's a Stephen King series. That's a Stephen King series. It's called The Two Towers. The Two Towers. I was close. You you were very close. This is very good. This is... this is Okay. Kayla, if I didn't know you, yes. I would say that it's not possible that you didn't know the name of the second book in this series. It is me, and it's very likely. We <laughs> talked about how long I stood in the Tolkien section of the fantasy aisle looking for the right book yes. to buy. Yes, we did. And it took me a solid 15 minutes to figure out that The Fellowship of the Ring was, in fact, the name of the first book. Oh, my gosh. I love you so much. Okay, well... After we have this wonderful dark cloud hint of things to come that Tolkien gives us, uh, he jumps over to the Green Dragon, which is the local tavern um, in the oh, Shire yes. for Frodo and Sam Gamgee, who is Frodo's gardener. Um, and Sam's yes. talking stories and gossip with some of his other fellows. Um, so tangent here, I went to the Green Dragon in New Zealand, the set from the mm -hmm. movie that they built and they still have there. And I have, uh, I have like a hand, hand uh, tossed mug, ceramic mug, I guess, uh, that says the Green Dragon. And it's just very adorable. And I wish that it was real. Um, it's, it's just, hey. it was really nice, giant fireplace. I and feel like. I feel like that's a missed marketing opportunity to have that as like an actual functional tavern on the set piece over there. It, because... it, I mean, it is like you can go in and get food and drink. Oh, we, it is. We did. Yeah. So but the main thing is that it's like part of the Hobbiton tour. So like outside of the operating hours of that, you can't go. Um, oh. But it was really nice. It was it was very fun and the food was that's really good. Crazy. So um, that was yes. great. But um, so here's this is one of the sections where I wrote foreshadowing, but I'm not going to tell you what I wrote it about because it'll ruin everything. Um, I have notes about this whole tell me section. tell me. Um, so Ted is having the conversation with whoever the other person was. Name escapes me at the moment. Um, Sam. Well, I thought Sam was just sitting there listening. Uh, he talks oh, no, no, once or twice. No, no. He does. So. Ted is pretty much of the opinion that all of the dark, all of the information that's coming from the elves as they're and the other beings that are traveling through the Shire, that it's all rumors and nonsense. And Sam is like, I don't know about that. Um, why do I have this note written down? Gandalf was thinking of spring nearly, of a spring nearly eighty years before when Bilbo had run off bag out of Bag End. 
without a handkerchief. Oh, so sorry, that was the only note I had for the tavern part. The, oh no, that's that okay. Quote is for the next section. Um, so the tavern part, yeah. So Ted is uh basically basically says Bilbo and Frodo yes. are both a little bit crazy, and Sam's like, no, I don't think so. And we find out that Sam is good yes. friends with Frodo. Um, I also wrote down Hobbit classism here because there is some implication that like Sam and Ted are like the working class and whereas like Bilbo and Frodo are presented as like having money and living the life of a bachelor with no apparent job and um, that's something that comes up a few times before we leave the Shire here. Um, so yes, I um, I also noticed. Sorry, I also noticed that in the writing itself. Um, Sam and Ted have a bit of an accent, like a bit of a different accent. Yeah, like, like they're written in a dialect. To write them. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I took, I noticed that. Put that English degree of mine to use. That's what it's for, right? Reading, yes. reading books yes. and uh, doing podcasts about them. And torturing high schoolers. Absolutely. Uh, yes. So I know why your Gandalf note is there. It's because Gandalf shows yes. up. He been gone for three years which is a long time um yes he has and then he came back for a brief visit and then he left again and then he was gone for another nine years so that's 12 years in total if you're counting uh that Gandalf's been away doing stuff from the Shire and with Frodo turning 50 that puts him at 38 when we last talked about Frodo um just just a little fun okay. math for you. Just a little fun math that I wouldn't voluntarily do yes. for any other reason. Um, if I had a nickel for every time I wrote the word time jump in my <laughs> notes collectively at this point. Um, and then I affectionately referred to this as the info dump chapter. It is. And it's mostly delivered because, by Gandalf and giant swaths of yes. dialogue. And the next few sections of my notes are me explaining things to myself, like making note of them so I will remember. Because this is a dense read, as we have discussed, and there's a lot of details to remember. And I have not spent my entire life studying the lore of Lord of the Rings. Well, I'm just going to say one thing, and then I'm going to hear what you wrote down for this section, what you learned and what you retained, and we'll we'll just go through it. But the one thing I will say is that before we have just like a so there's a break in the text uh between Gandalf's arrival Mm -hmm. and between when he and Frodo are actually speaking and I just wrote Frodo is too polite to tell Gandalf he looks tired (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did make note of that I thought it was funny I thought it was great so so let's hear it Kayla let's hear all this information that Gandalf's about to lay on us Yes, so I'm going to um, take a side trip real fast, and I believe this is one of the sections. Um, Gandalf reveals some information in this section that is also part of one of the edits of The Hobbit. So I had a vague inkling of some of this stuff. Yes, there are there are things that Gandalf refers to in this chapter that specifically refer to a few things from The Hobbit. Yes. Okay. Um. Here we go. So it said, my first note for this section is time to find out what the hell is wrong with this ring. <laughs> because as we discussed in chapter one, ring bad. Correct. The ring was made was made by elves and corrupts mortals. Eventually it makes you go completely invisible and consumes all of the good in you. Um, how am I doing on that? On that note. Uh, so there were some rings made by elves, but the great ring uh, 
Next. Was made by Sauron himself. Correct. And I, I get there. You got it. Okay, um, keep Gandalf, going then. Gandalf explains how the ring corrupts. He suspected something was up during the Battle of the Five Armies. He wanted to ask um, Saruman the White, which I'm guessing is head of the Wizard Council. Yes. Because he has studied the ring. He has studied the ring lore, but he also sounds like kind of an asshole. These are my actual notes that I'm reading. I mean, that Gandalf is pretty got accurate worried. to what he says. <laughs> Gandalf got worried at um, Bilbo's birthday party and decided to research the effects of the ring. And that explains a lot of his absence. 12 years of um, studying. Prior to this. Yes. I also know Saruman's name and I know that that is not a good thing. All fair. Okay. Um... So it's not only the ring, it's the ring. I have that written in bold and underlined. And it gives the Dark Lord his power. And he was weakened when he lost his ring. But there, there's still the possibility of him getting it back. Um, again, ring bad. And this is also the point where I note that Sauron is the Dark Lord. Correct. Because I will forget that. It's important um, to note. Basically, at this point, I have figured out that all the rumors were true from people passing through the Shire, that Sauron has risen again, and he has gone back to the Dark Tower of Mordor. Um, the other owners of all the rings seem to do Sauron's bidding. Um, for instance, I wrote down ring wraiths. They are the nine mortal men that originally had some rings, and I believe we encounter them in Chapter 3, but I will save those thoughts for that chapter yes so the rings gandalf gives us a pretty comprehensive primer on uh ring lore and in my copy i'm yes. not actually sure if it's in your copy but in my copy we get a nice showcase of two of tolkien's favorite things that we're going to see a lot of one is handwritten script and the other is poems or songs so he has in my copy yes, it shows the, most definitely in my copy yeah it shows this the elvish the ancient elvish script in the language of Mordor, that uh, is yes. written on the ring once it's thrown in the fire. And it um, is basically the most powerful line of a verse from elven lore, which is three rings for the elven kings under the sky. And Gandalf tells us that the elves do still have their rings and they're not corrupted. Seven for the you dwarf get, lords um, in their halls of stone. Sorry, I'm just going through these real quick. And uh, Oh, you're good. And so mostly three have three from the dwarf lords have gone back to Sauron and the rest were eaten by dragons. And then nine for mortal men okay. doomed to die. And there's your ring wraiths, right? Uh, that I believe that is correct. I was going to say you get bonus points if you actually sing the song. I'm not but. going to sing it. This one is I've only ever heard this one as a poem. So um, I okay. have there are songs and especially there are songs in the next chapter that I do know the words and tune to. That I could sing. Yes. Uh, but yes. The audiobook reader is also very fond of them. Uh, oh. Um, I don't know who, who reads these. Andy Circus, who played uh, Gollum, who's another character that we'll talk about here in a second. Um, yes. He just did a reading of The Hobbit for charity, and it was very, very good. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So, my copy, I'm side noting back to The Hobbit for a Please. second because that is my anchor point for all things Tolkien. Um, I have. The audible recording of The Hobbit, which I believe is just a digitized version of the older um, book on tape. And he sings. That's with awesome. With much gusto. That's awesome. Every single song. Um, There's a lot of them. I have, 
I have right here in a box, I have decided to refer to this as the info dump chapter. Just <laughs> so you know that this got put in writing. I mean, it's um, smart. I, from this point, the ring was taken from Sauron by the son of, and now I cannot read my own handwriting. Um, Don't worry, I'll bust out all these names after you're done. It looks like Isil, Isil something. Uh, so it's Isildur, which is the uh, son of Elendil. Okay. Of Western Essie, if you want to get specific. Yes. That does not look, what you said does not look like the word I had written down. It looks close, though. The sealed so. or Elendil's son. Yep. Yes. Um, and the son lost the ring in a river during a battle with the orcs. And apparently this ring is sentient because it figured out how to fall off of his finger and hide itself. And I, I may be getting a little ahead of myself in the conversation. You are not. Gandalf and, you are and, not. Um, You're on track. Frodo. I'm following along right now, baby. And so at this point, we learn about Smeagol slash Gollum. Yes. And side note, this is the only scene from the first movie that I remember vividly. Okay. Which is why I got really excited about that meme I sent you the other day. Yes. <laughs> it's very good. Um, You'll have to post it post on social media. Yeah. I will. And, I, and my notes say, and now the history of Smeagol and Gollum. So Smeagol goes to the lake with his bud. Is it Daigle? Uh, Deagle. I've always heard it Deagle. like rhyming. Smeagol and Deagle. Okay. Because they have an accent mark on it. And Tolkien loves his rhymes. I don't know. I do. He do, he do be like that. So he goes to the lake with his bud Deagle. And Smeagol is... Um, I put the word faffing about, uh, faffing about, <laughs> but that's probably not correct here. He's just um, dicking around the lake shore, and Deagle decides to go on a fishing trip. And while he is fishing, um, I believe he fought, the fish pulls him out of the boat, and he falls into the bottom of the body of water and sees the ring there and decides to swim back to the surface. And Smeagol sees him holding the ring and says, yo, dude, it's my birthday. Um, give me the ring. And Deagle says no. So like any rational adult, Smeagol decides to strangle him to death and take the ring for his own. That's pretty accurate. That's an accurate summation. Um, the next thing I have right here is take a shot every time Frodo asks Gandalf, what do you mean? Oh, gosh. You would be very drunk. Yes. And then I have... Um, Long story short, Gandalf fucked up and let Gollum go, and now Sauron knows where the ring is. So I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But no, basically, there's like a there's like a six chapter break where Gandalf's like hemming and hawing around how long he followed Gollum and to where and what happened to Gollum afterwards and how he found out what happened afterwards. So that's yes. Long story short, is the right thing to say there. Yes, he got so he tracks down Gollum and gets the rest of the story from him. And this is where we find out that the ring can only be destroyed in the cracks of doom of, um, I'm not going to try and pronounce it, Aruadrin. but it's the Fire Mountain. Yeah. One more time. Uh, hang on. I'm going to read my phonetic pronunciation that I wrote down. Is it Orodruin? Orodruin, yes. Okay, look at me go. I, sh I need to get like a buzzer sound every time I pronounce a new word correctly. <laughs> yes. So, so this big long story about Smeagol and Deagle and Gollum um, 
I only wrote a couple things, but I did like underline a few lines. So the first thing I wrote is that Gollum used to be a hobbit. That's something that Gandalf he makes did. very clear. Um, and that there's a and like Frodo gets pissed about it. Oh, Frodo's real mad about it. And there's a so the one of my favorite quotes from this book um, is after Frodo says, I don't understand why you and the elves let Gollum live <laughs> after all that he's done. He's just a, as bad as an orc. He's an enemy. He deserves to die. And Gandalf says, I dare say he does. And then this is what I've underlined. Many that live deserve death and some that die deserve life. Can you give it to them? Do not be too eager to deal out death and judgment. Um, so Gandalf's basically Damn, just, son. yeah, Gandalf's basically just like Gollum might still have a part to play for good or ill. We don't know. I don't regret sparing him, blah, blah, blah. Also, somewhere in this story, Gandalf makes some sort of uh, hint that Gollum could be redeemed because hobbits are so resilient and Gollum is like hobbit or hobbit adjacent. So um, yes. he, he makes that implication here. Yes, and I'm going to guess based off of what I know of narrative structures and heroes' journeys and character arcs that Smeagol's gonna get his it's gonna get his chance. Um, you don't have to confirm or deny. I will not confirm or deny. But okay. Uh, also, we get um, another name drop here. I don't know if you noticed this one, Caleb, but uh, Gandalf, when he's like hemming and hawing about how he eventually found Gollum again, he name drops Aragorn as the greatest hunter in uh, yes, the area. Yes, I did indeed. I, I. I am aware of Aragorn and who he is because of that one scene that I saw in <laughs> The Return of the King. Yes. So, um, not to not to t beat around the elephant in the room right now, but I I have an inkling what becomes of Aragorn. That's probably for the best. Yes. Um another interesting conversation in this chapter is i think it's that same bit where uh what's his face frodo is telling gandalf that he should have been killed he, he being Gollum should have been dealt with or killed yes and um they're discussing what to do with the ring like it can only be destroyed in the crack of doom yes uh, the crack of doom and he's like gandalf why don't you do it and this, in my brain, had always been one of the big plot points, like plot holes to me in when I was reading The Hobbit, because I know that I knew the bit about the ring, like being the like the capital ring. And Gandalf answers the question for for me here. He says he can't destroy it because the power of the ring would be too tempting and would corrupt him too much. But somebody like, I don't know, Frodo um, <laughs> may be able to do it because of the resiliency of hobbits. So, yes, there's also a very plain demonstration where he asks Frodo to throw the ring into the fire uh, right now and Frodo can't do mm -hmm. it. Like the ring ends up back in his pocket and he's not really sure how. So it's clear the ring is manipulating him. Um, yes. I also wrote down at this part uh, in quotations, you aren't special because Gandalf essentially says, I don't know why the ring came to you. I don't know if you're the guy for this job. It could have come to anyone. It could have, like, it could be anyone, uh, but you're the one who has yeah. it. So here we are. And yes. I was just like, mm, what a what a start. What a start to Frodo's journey. <laughs> and then um, we close out the chapter with Sam getting caught spying on the conversation about Frodo having to take the ring and leave um, conveniently when they are talking about him needing a companion for his journey because at this point they decide the best course of action to protect the Shire is for Frodo to take the ring and leave and not tell anyone where he's going. 
Yes. And Tolkien or actually some subterfuge. Tolkien actually foreshadows that Sam's going to uh, be going with Frodo throughout this chapter. Um, early on yes. when Gandalf and Frodo start talking, at, there's a section that's ended by saying they could hear Sam's shears under uh, the guard or in the garden. Yeah. And then as we go on, he makes a note he to stops mention hearing the shears because yeah, because yeah. he's listening. He's eavesdropping. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Sam's smart-ass remark uh, about Bag End not even having eaves. <laughs> uh, just cracks me that up makes... every time. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, that's that but... brings us to the end of chapter two, and Sam's overjoyed and thinks that he'll probably go see the elves uh, with Frodo, because that, that yes. seems like something that might happen if they're leaving the Shire, because apparently the elves live everywhere but the Shire. It is true. So I got to the end of the chapter and I had a lot more thoughts, obviously, on this chapter than I did with chapter one. And that's mainly because we get um, what we call the call to adventure mm-hmm. in this chapter. Um, I'm, I've been spending a lot of time with ninth graders talking about the hero's journey. So my brain is going to be in that mode probably for the next few um, episodes on this. Um it's a good book I know for it. that a few more hobbits end up going with Frodo on his journey, and I'm wondering if Gandalf is going to just randomly show up with a big party of people like he did at the beginning of The Hobbit for Bilbo. Um, I guess that remains the to only... be seen. <laughs> yeah. I also have that I feel like all I really still know about Frodo at this point is that he is a little different than the other hobbits with his love for adventure and excitement. And I can tell he cares greatly about his home enough that he's willing to leave it, like, yeah, to protect I, the people that live there. I have a, um, a quote underlined, actually, that perfectly encapsulates that. So this is the yes. difference between Frodo and the other hobbits, right, is that he's willing to go adventure and even wants to go adventure. And he says, when Gandalf asks him what he would do um, and whether or not he'll go, Frodo says, I feel that as long as the Shire lies behind, safe and comfortable, I shall find wandering more bearable. I shall know that somewhere there is a firm foothold, even if my feet cannot stand there again. Buddy. It's so sweet. It's really good. It's a really nice sentiment where he's like, you know, maybe this is the opportunity I wanted, um, and it'll be nice to know that my home is safe. Yeah. Um... The character I felt the most for during this chapter, I think, is Gandalf, but that's because um, out of everyone, I've spent the most time with him across, like, this is now my second book with him. He's the consistency um, for you. Yes, and I felt so sad for him because Frodo just notes how, like, like, tired and old he looks and how, like, visibly weary he is, so... That lets me know as the inexperienced reader that whatever is coming is a big enough deal that somebody who doesn't worry normally mm-hmm. is worried about what is coming. Yes. Um, I have, it's definitely a palpable kind of panic written as the last part of my notes for this chapter. Ooh, yeah. Any predictions for chapter yeah. three? Where, where do you think we'll go? I know we've already read okay. them at this point, but. Um, well. Three is a company, so I'm guessing a third person is going to join Frodo and Sam on their adventure. Sounds like that is an, not Gandalf. Sounds like an educated guess, Kayla. And uh, yes, I mean that's that's really it for this chapter. So also that Frodo is probably going to leave the Shire. Um, if we want to just go for the low hanging fruit right there, I mean that seems pretty 
pretty evident. I think that's a safe guess. Yeah. Yeah. It also interests me that Frodo has never put the ring on. He has not. He wears it on a chain because he says that um, Bilbo often found that it would change size. And so that's how it slipped off of Isildur's finger in history. And that resulted in Isildur getting killed because when the ring's not on your finger, you're not invisible. Um, It do be like that. It do. That's that's it for this episode, though. You can catch us on what? Twitter? Just Twitter? I don't remember. We're- Twitter, Instagram is coming. It'll probably be up by the time this episode is posted. Okay. I need to remember what our email is because I know I have an email address set up for this. Mortar She Wrote Pod, maybe? That's what we are on Twitter. Yes. Yes. If there are changes to be made, I will include it at this point. Um, but, but yeah, send, mortal- send us your messages. Send us uh, your feedback. Tweet at us. Send us pictures of your oh. Tolkien love or your crackpot theories if you have them don't spoil it for kayla we appreciate crackpot theories please include a spoiler warning um just in case kayla did i tell you about the um the super gay fan fiction i've been reading about sam and frodo lately i can only imagine that it exists but no you have not it's fantastic it's by molly ostertag and i will probably tweet about it once uh once this episode's out yes awesome well that's, That's it. all she wrote. <laughs> yep. I don't know. We're probably going to try out a few tag uh, sign-offs before we get it. Until but. next time. Until next time. <laughs>